This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, I'm Erica Pandy, and welcome to Axios Recap, where we dig into one big story. It's Wednesday, December 8th, and we're focused on the Amazon Web Services crash. If you were at all online yesterday, you encountered the AWS outage. That outage took down Amazon's own shopping platform in the middle of the holiday rush, and it also reverberated across the rest of the internet, showing us just how central Amazon services are to the architecture of so much of the internet we all use daily. Here are just some of the sites or platforms that went down alongside AWS, according to Bloomberg. Netflix, Coinbase, Disney+, Tinder, and Ticketmaster, which actually had to postpone selling tickets to Adele's 2022 tour. On top of that, the federal government itself is reliant on AWS, though the extent to which the outage affected the government is unclear. So what can we do to prevent these outages in the future? And what did yesterday's events tell us about big tech's power? In a moment, I'll be joined by Axios technology reporter Ashley Gold. We'll dive into this crash and figure out what happens next. We're joined now by Axios technology reporter Ashley Gold. Hey, Ashley. Hi. So, Ashley, Amazon Web Services goes down and takes a ton of other sites down with it. How does something like this happen? So, Amazon Web Services uh, services so many companies across the country. It covers the private sector. It covers the government. And sometimes there's just a, a network problem and it goes down and then it affects all of these companies. And I think one of the complaints people have that are customers of Amazon Web Services is that they can never really figure out exactly what happened and why their services don't work all of a sudden. And that sort of lack of understanding about the technical aspects of it, which most regular folks don't have, can be really frustrating for users. Can you give us a sense of the scale of this outage? How much of the web is supported by Amazon? According to some calculations, as of the third quarter of 2021, Amazon Web Services was the most popular vendor in the cloud infrastructure services market, controlling about 32% of the entire market. What comes right behind them is Microsoft and then Google Cloud. Zooming out here, is it standard for one company's infrastructure to underpin so much of our online world? Honestly, no. I think this is what we see happening as we move toward putting everything in the cloud. Things used to be stored on data servers that were actually physically located where people were at their offices or at an outside site. Now everyone is moving toward putting everything in the cloud. No one really wants to have like a physical presence of a data center anymore. Um, It's cheaper to put stuff in the cloud and sometimes it's more secure. But ultimately, it runs on this sort of vulnerable network, you know, that can be prone to being hit by um, cyber attackers or going down all at once. And as cloud computing has gotten more popular, Amazon is by far the leader in this space. It's something that other tech companies really want to compete on. Google Cloud is trying to compete with Amazon. Microsoft is trying to compete with Amazon. 
So I think it's sort of indicative of how these big tech companies control so much of our economy and so much of our tech, and it it translates to these cloud services as well. In another world where there were many different online cloud companies that were competing at the level of Amazon, uh, maybe this wouldn't happen because there would be more competition and there would be more companies relying on more cloud infrastructure services they could use. And, you know, when AWS went down, maybe it wouldn't affect you if you were using a different company. Why is that a hypothetical? Why don't we live in a world where there are many other cloud companies for people to choose from? I think it has to do with scale. I mean, AWS is extremely profitable. It's one of the biggest profit drivers for Amazon. And I think it's fairly competitively priced for folks that are looking for cloud services and people trust Amazon. It's become a popular service, but it's just like anything else in tech. The biggest companies with the most resources rise to the top and do the best in these sectors is indicative of a lack of competition across tech in general. Is cloud computing an industry where startups can come in or do you have to be a big company with a ton of resources to even get into this space? I think that cloud computing is an area where startups can come in, but they're never going to get as many clients or customers as a big company. They're never going to be able to build their operations to scale the way a large company can. It's just less likely they're going to be successful and make a lot of money long term. Is the fact that so few companies control so much of the internet a cybersecurity vulnerability at all? This is something the government has been concerned about, Congress has been concerned about. When you put everything on the cloud and everything lives on the internet, it instantly makes it more prone to possibly being attacked. So I think it's something that these companies really need to take seriously. And if this poses so many risks, should we be doing things differently? Or are there any positives to an integrated system like this that outweighs those negatives? I mean, there's definitely a positive. Think about how we work now. Everything's on the internet. So it doesn't really matter whether we're working from home, whether we're working from the office, whether we're at a coffee shop. It's not like we need our little hard drive to bring with us because it has all of our work files on it. Everything is in the cloud. You can work anywhere. So there are definitely convenience aspects to that. And that's the way we live now and we're used to it. I think there are advantages to it. But as we move towards this world where everything's in the cloud, we also have to be really careful to make sure that it's secure. What are you watching for next? I mean, do you expect Congress to respond to this outage or Amazon to say more, its competitors to say more? What's going to happen now? I expect that its competitors will definitely refer to this outage when they're trying to sell their products to other users And maybe they will beef up their networks and their um, security operations to say, hey, this isn't going to happen if you use Google Cloud, if you use Microsoft Cloud. I don't know if Congress will immediately be outraged and call for hearings specifically on a cloud outage. But I think that, you know, lawmakers such as Elizabeth Warren and David Cicilline, uh, both Democrats, one in the House, one in the Senate, are, you know, very concerned about Amazon and its market power in so many different aspects of the internet, whether it's their marketplace or their cloud services. And they'll just use this as another reason that Amazon simply is too big and should be broken up or controlled by the government in a different way. Ashley Gold is a technology reporter at Axios. Thanks, Ashley. Thank you. Welcome back. Today, I'm thinking about going back to the office. We're learning to live with COVID, but office vacancy rates are still high at around 17% nationally. 
That's according to a new report from the commercial real estate firm CBRE. But one type of workplace is in very high demand, labs. The vacancy rate for lab space is much, much lower than the overall rate. It's actually at under 5%. And that's because the life sciences industry is exploding. And companies, from the Fortune 500 to startups, are scooping up all of that open lab space. So what's happening? Money is pouring into the life sciences. Annual venture capital funding for these companies has doubled since 2019 to $32 billion. And rising healthcare costs mean we're all spending more on treatments and cures. Of course, the pandemic added fuel to the fire. No one wants to be unprepared for something like this ever again. And that's creating even more demand for companies to research diseases, therapies, and vaccines. Every life sciences startup wants to be the next Moderna. That's all for today. I'm Erica Pandy. Thanks for listening. And we're back tomorrow with another Axios recap.